0: We're going to be continuing our uh, series that was launched last week, um, entitled Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, um, that we are using uh, Pete Scazzaro's book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality as a basis for us uh, to be examining this this sermon series together. Before we launch into this sermon series, just want to remind you, one thing that we brought up uh, just a few weeks ago, we were talking around what does it look like to nurture Christ-likeness amongst our community. And uh, we discussed our, our vision here uh, for the Life of Faith Community Church, that we desire to be a people that follow, that love, and serve. In that follow, we've been talking about that we will be a people that look to what do our rhythms and practices look like as followers of Christ. Really, the question we're asking there is, what does it look like to regularly be present with Jesus? And this hopefully this series, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, will help us to key in on what does it look like to be Faithfully present with Jesus to be in, in His presence. Uh, we're talking about love, and um, what we're going to be doing on March 20th is launching uh, a time together on Sunday evenings um, called "emotionally healthy relationships." And there we'll be able to sit around tables with one another um, and talk about what does it look like to be people that love each other well. And then also, we want to be people that serve, people that are faithfully present in our neighborhoods. That we would continue to see God's work of renewal and redemption happen on on the na- in the neighborhoods and the streets that we live on. Um, and one of the ways that that we're hoping that that can become a practice for us, as you'll notice on our, the front page of our website, go to faithsandiego.org, and you go to the events page, you'll see a whole bunch of opportunities that Hope for San Diego, a, a local nonprofit, is, um, is holding over the, the time of Lent, every Saturday over the time of Lent, ways that we can serve our neighborhoods the ways that we can serve the city of San Diego. Um, And you also notice that there are opportunities for families to serve with one another. Um, And so maybe you can look that over and see the different events that are available. Maybe there's an event that's happening in your neighborhood and you can talk to someone in this community that lives in the neighborhood that you live in and say, hey, on a Saturday morning, afternoon, let's go uh, serve our city or our neighborhood together. Um, And then I also wanted to to take a quick moment and speak to, as we, in that context of serving our uh, neighborhood in our world, um, obviously you've seen across the news uh, that there is escalation that's happening on the border of Ukraine and Russia. And as you see that, likely what's happening in the minds of people that call Faith Community home, you're likely thinking, what about the Father's House? Uh, A community that we serve, in Kiev, Ukraine, Um, for those of you that might not be familiar with this organization, the Father's House, um, is working with orphans that live in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, Well, with uh, Light Church in Encinitas, um, faith community and Light Church have have had the ability to give a gift uh, to help uh, Father's House out in the process of evacuating those kids um, from Kiev, Ukraine. I don't have more details than that. I don't know how quickly that process is taking place. Uh, All of us know that that could be a sudden and quick uh, movement that's happening, Um, but just know that those funds have been sent um, to to the Father's House, and so your prayers uh, for the Father's House specifically, and then this ongoing tension that's happening um, as Russia is just putting more and more troops on the border of Ukraine, that we'd be a people that are praying uh, for those that are living through this just horrific intense time so all of that to say now let's uh, we'll go into emotionally healthy spirituality this morning we'll be talking about the examined life the examined life psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 it'll come up on the screen it's from the net examine me O god and probe my thoughts test me and know my concerns. See if there's any idolatrous way in me and lead me in the everlasting way." Italian artist and historian Giorgio Vasari tells the story of Michelangelo's Pieta. One of Michelangelo's greatest works was the Pieta, which he sculpted at the age of 24. And while this work is one of his greatest accomplishments in his life, um, that this historian, historian, Giorgio, tells us that it also became one of the biggest regrets of his life. Let me tell you why. Upon its completion, the work was immediately seen as a timeless masterpiece, one of the greatest works of antiquity. Antuic- um, and Michelangelo, in his mid-20s, because of this masterwork, his young soul was filled with pride, giving him the idea that he had the hand of God. Well, sometime after the completion of this work, he overheard some viewers discussing the sculpture, but they had mistakenly attributed it to a different sculptor at that time. So, as the story goes, this infuriated young artist who thought it a crime that anyone besides him should get credit for this work. In the middle of the night, by candlelight, Michelangelo snuck into the chapel, and upon Mary's sash, he carved his name to forever mark whose hands created this work. There, across this stunning masterpiece, it says, Michelangelo, Bienniorotti, Florentine made this. And the story tells us that he was immediately ashamed of his prideful act. And this would be the only work that Michelangelo placed his name on. He would never sign another piece of work. Ancora, ancora imparo, ancora imparo is an Italian phrase meaning, yet I am learning. And this phrase is attributed to Michelangelo, something that he said in his 80s, yet I am learning. This moment of him writing his name upon this masterpiece became a life-altering moment for him. We'll go from one saying, and Cora Imparo, to another saying, one saying that I heard from Pastor Ken. And a saying that I hope I never forget. He said this, be careful who you are because when you're older, you'll be more of it. Listen, we won't become something different than who we currently are unless there's an ongoing work of transformation happening deep in our interior life. We are to be a people that are, that are paying regular attention to what is happening in the deep recesses of our hearts. Scripture tells us, above all else, keep watch over your hearts, for out of that flows the wellspring of life. Pete Scazzaro says it this way, at the very least, the call of discipleship This ongoing process of knowing and discovering and living out the way of Jesus includes experiencing our feelings, reflecting on our feelings, and then thoughtfully responding to our feelings under the lordship of Jesus. And so we're going to be in Psalm 139 in this place where David, the psalmist, prays these things, examine me oh Lord. Test me, oh Lord. Know me, oh Lord, and lead me, Lord. Let's talk about that first one, examined by God. Examined by, those words can be daunting. They're words that we we use for things like doctor's visits, being on trial, job interviews, and pop quizzes. We don't like tests we don't like to be examined because we don't want to fail we don't want to be a people that are found wanting but david's prayer to be searched by god flows out of out of a reflection on how much god loves david this is the basis for him coming before the lord and asking that he would be examined Actually, when you look over Psalm 139, what you'll find is in verse 1 through 6, what David is reflecting on is that God knows every detail about us. In verses 7 through 12, David is reflecting on the fact that we will not find a place that God is not with us. It could be in the lowest of places or it could be in the highest of places. In verses 13 through 18, David reflects on the fact that God is the one who forms us. He's the one that shaped us in our mother's wombs. He's the one that created even our inner being, our mind and our hearts created by him. And verse 19 through 22 feels like a tangent where David just prays that his enemies would be destroyed. But in that place, what we find is that David has a fierce loyalty and desire to be like God. All of this to say that, is that our intimate connection with God is the context for our introspection we don't look deep into our inner self just by ourselves but again it is under the lordship of jesus he is our foundation for truth his love his knowledge of us how he shapes us that context is what leads us into the wilderness leads us into the place of stillness and silence and loneliness to be present with god the reality is is we are afraid to be vulnerable because we fear rejection we fear judgment we fear condemnation but our prayer to be searched by god flows out of this reflection how precious are your thoughts about me oh god and with incredible courage because he knows the depths of god's love David prays, examine me. The depths of God's love speaking to the depths of our inner being. And what I'm continuing to discover is that the more honest and present I am with what's happening in the deep recesses of my heart, the greater my ability to experience the love, grace, forgiveness, and redemption of Jesus. He will meet me in those spaces. David prays, probe my thoughts and know my concerns. The reality is is that human tendency is to hide. When Adam and Eve ate that dang fruit, what happens immediately? They felt shame, they hid, and they blamed. They went from walking with God in the garden to being terrified by God's presence. His holiness and goodness frightened them. To be in proximity to him who is good was overwhelming because they were ashamed of who they were. And the reality for us is that we run from being examined. We fill our life with noise and activities. We medicate our anxiousness with addiction. We learn to cope with the weight of stress of life by finding comfort and escape through our phones, through shopping, through alcohol, through food, through relationships, through sex, and through Netflix. See, Blaise Pascal was right when he observed all of humanity's problems stem from man's ability to sit quietly in a room alone. See, friends, like it has been said by others, it is good to remember empty vessels make the loudest noises. And while shallow waters are noisy, deep waters, silence. Yes, it's incredibly difficult for us to sit with the full weight of our emotions, and we tend to fill our world with noise, distraction, busyness, and work. But what? What if a still, calm, resilient life was possible? The exhortation for us is to have a deep, mature transformed inner life through christ we are to develop our interior lives and the ultimate example of this is our savior on the cross Because what we find when we look over the story of Jesus standing on trial is that we are told that he was able to be silent before his accusers. And while people are hurling accusations at him, while people are are, are just throwing crowns of, of thorns upon his heads, even there in that space, what he is able to do is to be able to speak blessing and not cursing. What we see there in Jesus is a deep strength. And when you look over the pages of the Gospel narratives, what you will find is that Jesus often withdrew to what is called the lonely places, to be present with the Father. And it was out of that space of being still, of being silent, of just being present with the Father, that we are told that everything that Jesus said and does is only what the Father says and does. So when he is pressed, when he is crushed, when he is persecuted, when he is pierced, what comes out of him is the Father's heart. That's what it is like to have a deep, mature, interior life. Psalm 51, which is one of the most beautiful reflections on our sin and brokenness, is, it's one of the most beautiful reflections of our sin and brokenness. And the context for this psalm is that King David is confronted by the prophet Nathan for his taking Bathsheba for himself and sleeping with her. In verse 6 of this psalm, Reading from the ESV, David says this Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret hearts. What we learn here is that the Lord delights in me being honest about what's happening in my inner being. And it's when I am honest and truthful filled with integrity about what's happening deep inside of me, it's from that space that I am able to live wisely. In his commentary on Psalm 139, Albert Barnes says it this way. Search me. When he's reflecting on that, when David prays to examine me, what he's he's doing here is encouraging us to, to, to pray. Search me thoroughly. Examine not merely my outward conduct, but what I think about. What are my purposes? What passes through my mind? What occupies my imagination and my memory? What secures my affection and controls my life? Friends, being ignorant or ignoring what's really happening in the deep recesses of who we are will absolutely hinder our intimate connection with the Lord, and it will cause pain in our relationships with others. One of the things that I find wildly interesting about in the pages of scripture is that God often asks questions of people. And you read that, and what I find so peculiar and and just inspires wonder and awe within me is that you just think about the fact that God doesn't need to ask questions because he needs answers. It's not because he's missing out on information, and so he's coming to humans and saying, like, clue me in on what's happening here because I don't know. But the reality is, is what he's doing is is he's asking questions to humanity. What he's doing is he's drawing out of humanity what's happening in the deep recesses of their hearts. He's causing humanity to wrestle and struggle with what's happening inside of them. And the act of speaking out before the Lord usually causes transformation in their lives. You think about it this way, I'll come through uh, some of my favorites in Scripture. One of the very first moments in which God asks questions humanity is with the story of Cain and Abel. What we find is that the Lord accepts the offering of Abel, but for some reason he doesn't accept the offering of Cain and Cain is furious about it, God then asks, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? And The Lord is doing this because the Lord knows that the way of sin is hoping to overtake Cain. And it's that progression that St. James talks about, that desires will lead to sinful actions, and sinful actions will lead to death. So God, in his love for Cain, wants Cain to deal with his inner life. Abraham and Sarah's servant, Hagar, is on the run because of the, and she's in the wilderness because of the way that she's been treated by Abraham and Sarah. And it's there in the wilderness, in a place of absolute desperation and hopelessness, the Lord arrives and asks Hagar these questions. Where are you coming from? And where are you going? And as we read that, we know that this isn't a question about geography. This is a question where the Lord is causing Hagar to probe her inner life and to, to deal with what she's trying to run away from and where she's trying to escape to. And, and run as you might, you're not going to get away from all of the conflict and tension that's happening between, in, in you and between you and others. Jonah, at the end of the story, he's pouting he's whining, he's furious, because he knew that God would show mercy to his enemy. And here in this space, the Lord causes a great plant to shade Jonah, as he and so he has some shade while he's hot with anger. And while that plant is over the top of Jonah, God also brings a worm. That, this is an absolutely intriguing story. This worm somehow devours this great plant, and that plant That plant withers and fades away, and Jonah's even more upset now. And then the Lord asks, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? And there we know that the Lord's not asking about the plant. He's dealing with a prophet who's not really sure He likes the full implications of God's loving kindness. It's a story that asks the question is there anything more tragic and dangerous than a messenger of God who isn't embracing God's love in their inner being? Jonah, my love needs to transform your anger, your hate and your temper. Is it right for you to be so angry about that plant? Last one, after Jesus' crucifixion, two disciples are walking home, and Jesus, curiously, keeps himself from being recognized. And he has this conversation with these two disciples. He asks them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asks. What things? Jesus knows, but he sees the sadness written across their faces. He hears them express their hopes and expectations, their confusion, and their disappointment. And what's most intriguing about this story is that Jesus lets them hold on to the weight of their confusion and disappointment. He isn't quick to resolve the tension that's happening within them, but he creates space for them to wrestle with all that's happening inside of them and allows it to come to the surface. He causes them to actually speak out the things that they're disappointed and confused about. See, God desires for you to be able to wrestle with what's happening within you. He even sometimes creates space where it feels like he's distant from us, but causes us to even more Deep, dive deeper into what's happening within us and as we are present with him he lovingly and wisely asks questions when we are looking for answers and while that may be frustrating for us he is seeking to transform and strengthen our interior life back to psalm 139 after david prays probe my thoughts Test me and know my concerns. He goes further. He prays this. See if there is any idolatrous way within me. What God is looking for isn't merely self-awareness. Because unfortunately, we can be self-aware and remain there. We ask the Lord to shine a light on our thoughts and concerns, to give us greater clarity on what our thoughts and concerns are, then we humbly ask if there are thoughts and concerns that need transformation. David prays, see if there's any idolatrous way within me. And translators have a heck of a time trying to adequately express what is being communicated in this word that here in the NET NET is translated idolatrous. Actually, if you'll come up on the screen, you'll see all the different ways that we try to translate this. You'll see that in the NLT, it says, point out if anything in me offends you. In the NASB, it says, and see if there's any hurtful way within me. In the Amplified, it says, and see if there's any wicked or hurtful way within me. In the NIV, it says, see if there's any offensive way within me. And in the ESV, it says, see if there is any grievous way within me. Why such a wide variety of translations? Because this word is is intriguing. This word, well, in other points of Scripture, we'll bring it up on, on the screen, like you'll see in first chronicles 4 9 it says there was a man named jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers his mother named him jabez because his birth had been so painful it's that same word isaiah 14 verse 3 it says in that wonderful day when the lord gives his people rest from sorrow and fear from slavery and chains but in isaiah 48 verse 5 this same word is translated That is why I told you what would happen. I told you beforehand what I was going to do. Then you could never say, my idols did it. My wooden image and metal God commanded it to happen. This word is so intriguing because it can be translated pain. It can be translated sorrow, bodily or mental. It can mean a physical or it can be a a thought fit, like a sorrowful mental state. And this word can also be translated as idolatry. So maybe we can say it this way, with this wide range that this word has, is that the way of idolatry is the way of sorrow. What David is praying is, Oh Lord, is there any way within me that is causing inward pain or outward pain? is there any way within me that's idolatrous? What we're asking there is, God, is there anything within me that's a false image? Is there a way within me that is a distortion to who I am to reflect and express? You are fearfully and wonderfully made, but are you living as a false image that's causing pain? you were made to image god he knit you he formed you in your mother's womb he made all the delicate intricate parts of your body he has made your heart and your mind and so we pray am i living in integrity with how you have shaped me or am i a false image Am I acting in a way that doesn't line up with who you are? See, the exhortation to us is, do not have a painfully false way about you. In his book, The Song of the Bird, Tony DeMello tells the following story. A man found an eagle's egg and put it in a nest of a barnyard hen. The eaglet hatched with the brood of chicks and grew up with them. All his life the eagle did what the barnyard chicks did. Thinking he was a barnyard chick, he scratched the earth for worms and insects. He clucked and cackled. All he would thrash, and he would thrash his wings and fly a few feet into the air. Years passed and the eagle grew very old. One day he saw a magnificent bird above him in the cloudless skies. It glided in graceful majesty among the powerful wind currents with scarcely a beat of its strong golden wings. The eagle looked up in awe. "'Who's that?' he asked. "'That's the eagle, the king of the birds,' said his neighbor. "'He belongs to the sky. We belong to the earth. We are chickens.'" So the eagle lived and died a chicken, for that's what he thought he was. David prays, am I living like a false image? I was made in your image, and so weed out anything within me that is a contradiction to how you have formed me. And then he prays, Lead me in the everlasting way. One of the things that happens all the time when I launch Apple Maps is that I set a destination and then there is that blue arrow that pops up on the screen. And without fail, that blue arrow says that I'm pointed one way and in reality, I'm pointed in the exact opposite direction. And so what ends up happening is is I take off down the street because that's where Apple Maps says I'm pointing. And I don't know how it gets wrong 100% of the time. 50% of the time would make sense. And then I have to sit there and say, Siri, again? I'm pointed in the wrong direction. How do you get this wrong every single time? See, a really bad map makes it difficult for us to see where you're at. And when you don't adequately know where you're at, then it is incredibly challenging to get to where you want to be. That's why we first pray, search me, test me, know me, examine me, see if there's any false way within me, because God, you know me better than I know myself. You who are always with me in my lowest and darkest of places, you who made my inner being examine my thoughts, know my concerns, point out my places of anxiousness, see if there are any ways of pain and sorrow and idolatry within me, and now that I know where I am at, now we can go in the way of everlasting. Now, guide me. Under the power of your Spirit, lead me in your way. Lead me in a way that would allow me to know the fullness of life. I'm going to ask Pastor Brittany to come on back up on stage as she does I want to finish off by reading Psalm 51. I mentioned it earlier in the, in the message. It's this point in which David is praying because he's been confronted about his sin, his brokenness. And as we read this Psalm as our point of our own point of confession this morning, there are two things that I would hope that you see within this. One, David comes to acknowledge the depth of his sin and rebellion. He gives honest, aware confession of where he is at. And, and can I say that, say this real quick while we're on that point? Examining our interior lives isn't always just this place of saying, oh, there's sin again, oh, there's sin again, but it's also examining and understanding that there are these great points of celebration and there is these great points of of just the lord identifying this is who i've made you to be do you notice how much you enjoy being out on this hike right now that there are just times where the lord actually affirms how he has shaped and made us but there are also times where he's able to point out actually that way of fear that's overtaking you that anger that's there that tension in that relationship i want to heal that but, but I need you to like fully confess it and be aware of it. Be okay with the fact that that, that 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 brokenness is there. By okay, I mean be able to identify it. Because when you're able to actually sit with it, you will see the, the fullness of his grace and his forgiveness and his restoration. The second thing that I would hope that you'd hear in, as we read this psalm is that David prays that he would be restored to joy. Friends, joy can be the baseline of our operation. The way of everlasting is mingled with the Lord's joy and gladness. He is the most joyful being in the entire universe. The, the very beginning, when he sculpts and creates and speaks creation into existence, he speaks about it being good. Then he looks over things and there, that's the reflection of his heart. Creation reflects this good heart that God has. And so what he's doing in, in, in restoring you and calling things out that are within you is not to torture you, So many times with our boys, we have to stop and we have to say, listen, the reason I said not to grab that fork and get near the outlet is because I care about you. Because I want you to live a good life. I don't want you to walk through pain and turmoil. And so the reason that I'm calling things out is not for you to feel tortured so that you would walk in freedom. So you'd walk in his grace, so that you'd walk in his joy. And so David prays, return me to joy. Because that's where I'm supposed to be. That's the image of the eagle. See, that, that point of, 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 of sorrow and pain and sin, that's the image of the, the, that chicken in that story. But God is saying, no, I have made you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So it's, here's Psalm 51. so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow." For you will do not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure, build up the walls of Jerusalem, then you will delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings, and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Let's stand and worship together.
1: Let's sing, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory.
2: Well, church, it has been so good to gather with you today. Um, so good to be with all of you who are online as well. And we look forward to um, being able to spend some time with you down in the courtyard. Want to remind you to make sure go online at faithsandiego.org to find out more about um, that Emotionally Healthy Relationships course that's going to be kicking off next month. You can sign up online even now to help us get prepared for that. Um, and then also we want to let you know that next month, uh, March 26th, that's the final Saturday in March, that we are going to be throwing a party that we want you to be at. Um, It's going to be a retirement party for Pastor Deb, and we would love to have everyone there to be able to celebrate um, her life, to be able to celebrate her ministry and the impact that she has had on generations of this community and so we really are looking forward to that day march 26th. that'll be um, here at faith community church from one to four in the afternoon um, you can stop by any time then It'll be a great time to party to have fun um, and to love on pastor deb if you've got any um photos or video messages that you would like to share with Deb um, to share about her impact on your life, your kids' lives. Um, make sure that you record that here in the next um, few days, next week, and you can even send that to email address info at faithsandiego.org, and we'll make sure that that um, gets part of this um, surprise gift for her. We know that she will really enjoy that well church we love you look forward to seeing you downstairs in the courtyard and would you be blessed this week by opportunities uh, that the holy spirit can bring up in your life to to sit to pause to be in the presence of god and to allow him to do a deep interior work of examine in your life and out of that would we be a people who would be able to give out of the abundance of who god is give out of that abundance to the world around us. We love you, church.